You are listening to The Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for taking time out of your busy life to listen to us. We have an amazing show today, the Pentultimate episode before Game of Jesus the Year. Jesus Christ, are you still on that? Yes, Pentultimate. What? <laughs> Pentultimate. The spell checker telling you were wrong, and then Wait, me on. telling hold you on. you were wrong, and Shay telling you you were wrong. Hold on! None of those were hints. Hey Josh, you know what? You know what, Josh? I that was that was one of my favorite Morgan texts ever. It was perfect. Morgan trying to say penultimate twice, getting mad at his spell checker, and then yelling at us about how horrible his spell checker was. That it doesn't know how to incorrectly spell a word he wants to incorrectly spell. Penultimate. Penultimate. Yeah. Penultimate. There you go. You s- Penultimate. That's mm-hmm. what I said. That's what no, I said. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Clearly what I said. <laughs> go back to the go tape. Back to the go back to the tape. Ultimate. No, no, no. I was just slowing it down with uh, expression. No. That's all. Everyone knows you have to slow down at a T. Enthu- <laughs> Especially if it's flashing yellow. All right. Um, on that note, we have a wonderful show today. You don't want to miss it because not only... Are we going to be talking about Game of the Year, voted by you, the listener? Not only are we going to be talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and those legs, <laughs> not only are we talking about Sea of Thieves and Monster Hunter World and all sorts of good stuff as we catch up for our big Game of the Year episodes that are coming out in just about a week, but the one and only Filipino Johnny Depp is doing the intros. That's right, once a year, Fish, a.k.a. the Filipino Johnny Depp, does intros. He takes over my job. I I take a lot of pride in doing my intros, but you know what? (sighs) It's a break for me. You know, I get to relax and let Fish do his thing, and we just fucking see what happens. So uh, it's going to be an amazing Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. It's going to be pretty freeform today. It's kind of like that weird, you know, like like the last Friday before you're on Christmas break at school, and the teachers don't really want to give you any work, and everyone's just fucking lounging. (laughs) And so you watch Forrest Gump starting from different parts of the movie in every class? Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly it. So, and those days are fun. Those days are fun in their own special way. So, uh, sit back and relax and enjoy perhaps the most um, unprepared podcast of the year in all of its beautiful glory. Um, Without further ado, I'm going to pass the reins off here. See, I'm handing you the reins, Fish, physically. Grab them. Grab them from me. Yar, thank you. Uh, Whoa, wow, those reins, we totally took on a whole new vibe Ah, for these intros. Yes, pull the ropes closer to me. (laughs) Sit down around me, everybody. I will sit down. Shit down, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. I just spit my fucking soda, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Shit down. Our first guest is a first pirate who was summoned up from the briny deep by the beating of a war drums. Claiming his very own spot upon the sword chomp vessel, he quickly ascended the ranks to his current title of the Lady Killer. (laughs) Often found yelling to passing ships, Arr! 
I swipe right on any women that be on ye boat. <laughs> Shay, the professor liked him. If you know what? I swiped right on you. Boy. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, because I love you. <laughs> Are you drunk, Shay? I'm fucking hammered right now. God damn it. I drank all the grog on our boat, and now I'm oh. wasted. <clears throat> okay. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty good night, and you're prepared for this podcast then, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In all seriousness, I actually went out with my teachers last night for end-of-the-year party, and there was a surplus of delicious sake, and... um. Afterwards, I went I went to a hookah bar with a, a friend, and I could barely stay awake. So, and then I had to walk it off home, and it was the worst worst walk of my life. Mm. Oh. Because I none of the fair maidens I swiped right on on their vessels swiped right on me. Mm. Well, there's there's always a ship on the horizon for you, Shay. So don't. Don't get your hopes up just yet. Hang in there, buddy. Wait, don't get your hopes up just yet? I don't think that's what you meant to say. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was well, Those are ships you. of despair on the horizon. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I see. Don't get your Obvi- hopes obviously up. Obviously, he doesn't want Shay to have his hopes up. That's right. All the subsequent vessels we see are going to be packed full with landlubbers and uh, skeletons and... Just, just terrible, terrible pirates. Mm. I thought for a second Shay was going to say, I swiped right on your friendship because I love you there, buddy. But he did. That works. That works. Er, er, that would have been sweet. But our next <laughs> pirate hails from the shores of finer worldly possessions, sailing the seas in search of the perfect jug of rum. His crewmates dare not undermine his plans, else they get thrown in the brig and forced to paint his toes. All seven <laughs> of them. He does not answer to the name, but his understanding of his simple title, Dad. Josh, the infallible <laughs> Fowler. Dad. It's Dad. Yeah. Yeah. That works. <laughs> yeah, see? It's tough, fish. It's tough when you give an elaborate intro and all you get is, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is a bit tough, but. Yeah. Huh. I, I figured, you know. One. Yeah. You have still, it still in search of that. He's not mad at the you. Legendary He's just disappointed. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm. we probably would have found it already if we didn't have to pull over every three minutes for one of you fuckers. Hmm. Little shitbirds back there whining, complaining the entire ride. We don't make any progress with you guys. It's... I know, and there's that one asshole who kept just wrecking the boat into the sandbar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Got so uh, sick of him. That was great. Yeah. Inside joke for our listeners, yes, we call, we call Josh Dad in Sea of Thieves because he's always yelling at us. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a good dad. <laughs> You're going to bring back horrible memories of my childhood. I will pull this thing over. I will pull this boat over right now. <laughs> Of course, we weren't stopping the pee. It was just because I was... me in the closet and beat me with a belt again, Dad. Oh, God. No, just just a disclaimer. My dad never did that. <laughs> I'm saying Josh would do that, not my own father. Oh, I don't think Josh is capable of that. I mean, Stern he wouldn't do that to yeah. his kids, yeah, but... Yeah, i totally use a belt and get caught. <laughs> that was also <laughs> a joke, guys. A just so we're aware tails, here. There's... Yeah, let's... Uh... You need to have disclaimers before all of these now. Yeah, I was going to say, every joke has to be followed up with a disclaimer now. That's where we're at as a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And last but not least, let us not forget about this lonely pirate. You can find him on the bow of the ship trying to entice fellow sailors to recreate a scene held dear to his heart. Silently singing to himself. <laughs> Near far. <laughs> Wherever you are. I love how trying to do the pirate voice and sing Celine Dion, you turn it into Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly how that happens, but it's magical. I, and I it makes me very happy. <laughs> It's so. It's so. Hoping for the warm embrace of a crew member. Spending most of his time in the the crew member's member. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Briggs singing shanties. Okay, let me just start over here. Spending, spending most of his time in the brig singing shanties that are not known by other pirates, proclaiming that he has a new shanty style, a sort of freestyle, if you will. He holds no title, but is most commonly called Worthless, for he is a man of adventure. <laughs> and he's... <laughs> Sorry. Hold it together, that ad. And he simply can't put a price on it. Most say, though, that indeed. Most say, though, that is indeed not the reason they call him that. Morgan. That's not a bait worm. That's me, Pecker. Barnes. I like it. That's not. That's not a bait worm. That's me, Pecker. Uh, you know, Fishy, it's funny you mention that. Uh, Titanic, when I, w- when I was just a wee landlubber, that was the first time I ever saw a woman's breasts. When I, when I was in, the- when I got it on VHS and I stayed up all night flogging the one-eyed whale, if you know what I mean. To uh, Kate Winslet. Uh, yeah. Who didn't, right? That's right, yes. How many of you out there push pause on your VHS and your VSR, VCR just to check out those boobies? Actually, I think that was just you, Morgan. I hope not. <laughs> Make me feel very sad. <laughs> um, yeah, happy to be here, Fish. Uh, you know, I had a joke. 
I was going to do about how I was going to make a sheath. Do you know what a sheath is? Mm-hmm. Something to hold another thing in? Yeah, a Usually sexual a sheath. Sword. Oh, a sexual yeah. one. Whoa. Yeah, I had a joke about how I was going to... I had to make a wooden sheath. You know, a lot of men have to wear sort of like a sheath casing if they're not the most well-endowed to please their woman. I had a friend I used to work with that had to wear one with his girlfriend, basically because he wasn't very big, so he would wear a sheath over top of his unit. And uh, But Ooh. I... I I had this whole thing about how I was going to make a wooden sheath, but it was too splintery and I was going to have to go catch jellyfish and cut off their gelatinous skin to sort of make like a silicone kind of thing. It was very elaborate, um, mm. but your yeah. Titanic thing worked out. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, I, I actually uh, specialize in those wooden sheaths, but uh, you must have not had a... Uh... A properly made uh, penis sheath for yourself, made out of wood, because I no. sand those edges no. and all oh, those splinters down. down. <laughs> nah, it's it's still not an ideal, you know, uh, fat. <laughs> I almost said fabric. It's not an ideal sort of uh, texture, um, you know. So you know, I'm trying to be inventive. I was the most inventive depraved pirate out there. But yeah, it's it's good, you know. Uh, if this is someone's first episode, they're gonna be really fucking lost. So that's good. Indeed. Um, that's where we want them. We want them lost, and then we're going to just pull them in. That's out right. Of, out of the dark forest that they uh, mosey out of, I guess. See, I was matching you with the pirate voice. No one else wanted to do a pirate voice. What, what's with that? Come on, guys. Where's your pirate voices? I'm just fucking drank too much. He's, he's holding strong to that drunk voice. Can't get him, can't get him out <laughs> of it. He's locked in. Um, very special episode. Uh, Fish, do you have anything for yourself you want to say? Or, or are you good? Usually there's like a follow-up. You know, I am so-and-so from... Oh, yeah. And I'm Fish. I guess I did already kind of introduce you. So mm -hmm. yeah. I introduced you introducing us so you could introduce yourself. It's a big... It's a vicious circle. Yeah, it's kind of like Inception. Yeah, not really at all, but yeah. No, yeah. Penultimate. Penultimate. Yes, pentultimate. What? <laughs> pentultimate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we do, you know, let the tape show that I did not say pentultimate. Yes, pentultimate. What? <laughs> pentultimate. <laughs> I'm, I'm replaying you saying pentultimate every time you insist you didn't during this episode. <laughs> I, uh, you know what I meant. <sighs> Um, no, we no, I don't. Gonna... I specifically know that you didn't mean it too, because you sent us a message complaining about your Penultimate. spell check being Penultimate. wrong. Hey, we're learning things every day. Penultimate. Penultimate. Uh, there we go. Man, even your, your phone translator is drunk too, Shay. How is that even? <laughs> that almost sounds like me. Hmm. Penultimate. <laughs> <laughs> ben, oh, um, no, but this, it's going to be a fun show. Thank you, Fish, for doing the intros. It's always fun. Uh, my side my hurts. Pleasure. From oh, just sorry. so many. Hopefully, those jokes weren't too inside for people, but they were good. Mm. Ugh, can never be too inside for me. But no, we, we do have a really fun show today. Like I said, it's going to be a little off the walls. We have a great topic of the show, too, which is basically. 2018 in review. Basically, we want to look back on the year and sort of talk about the things that we'll remember the most about this year going forward 
and we're going to get help from the at sword chomp community um our instagram community is amazing we got some good comments on our read things that really stuck with people as well so great topic of the show some hilarious polls like the whole sonic leg creepiness and of course um we're going to talk some more games including sea of thieves now that's one of the cool things is we've been waiting to talk about sea of thieves with our good buddy shane now i know a lot of you out there a lot of people in general just don't get the whole Sea of Thieves thing, so we'll address that later. But we've been waiting to talk to Shay about Sea of Thieves for many, many, many moons. But let's get right to the topic of the show. 2018, a year in review. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I guess we can kind of go around Robin here and see if there's a couple things that are really going to stick out to, to you all when you look back on this year. Now, I'm going to kind of set the quality of the games aside because I think that's going to get talked a lot about. And our game of the year show. Obviously, there's so mm-hmm. many great games this year. That's not really, I think, that interesting of a thing to focus on for this sort of a thing. Uh, so we're going to kind of stretch outside the box a little bit. Um, and I, I will kind of kick things off to kind of show you what I mean. And you guys can take it wherever you want. We're just going to have fun with it. Uh, I wrote down two big things. But the first thing I'm going to remember is... The redemption arc of No Man's Sky. That that made me really happy on a very personal note because that was a game that was just obliterated in the media. And even though I loved it a lot a couple of years ago, um, a lot of people left that game for dead and it had a very strange trajectory. And then uh, Sean Murray and the team, you know, really buckled down to make that game just investing in free updates. And they've been working on it for two years. And then they were going to launch No Man's Sky next, which was supposed to be the next big evolution of that game. It launched on Xbox One as a, as a brand new package, basically. Everyone who had originally bought No Man's Sky got the updated version of the game. Uh, when we polled our listeners, uh, I was even surprised because I still get a lot of No Man's Sky, either skepticism or hate. But our listeners even voted that they thought it was overwhelmingly like the one of the biggest redemption stories that they can remember ever. And that kind of warmed my heart because that was a game that meant a lot to me and it was received very poorly. And it was nominated for a game award for best ongoing game. It was nominated for a steam award. I was just reading about that today, actually. Um, And I'm still having a lot of fun with that game. I got to play no man's sky with Shay for the first time. Um, after all of our jokes and our kind of back and forth for the, for the past couple years, we had to, we got to play no man's sky for a couple nights. We had a lot of fun just kind of, exploring and looking at weird alien sharks and stuff like that yeah it was good i i kind of i agree with you um i think at the beginning that game really received a lot of shit and i think it was warranted uh due to the poor release of the game and the promises that were not lived up to um i don't really want to argue though like that point i want to excuse me i'm sorry I want to highlight more the fact that they've really come around. Like they've come around, they've made a lot of this additional content. And the biggest part about that is it's been free this entire time. That's, that's kind of the marvelous thing about it is you can get this game for fairly cheap now because it had such a piss poor launch and it actually includes all of this free additional stuff granted you could argue that it should have been there in the first place i don't agree with that but they've added all this additional content because they want to show that they care about the fans they care about this game and i think it's been for the Mm -hmm. better they've definitely bolstered their image um i think they made good on the promises that they initially 
made. And I think that they've shown that they they made a mistake and they rectified it. So yeah, I think it's been a great redemption story. Definitely one of the better ones in gaming history, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it meant a lot to me. So that's the one thing I will always remember about this year and uh, playing. I have some other stuff about No Man's Sky related that I'll save for a game of the year because it's pretty entertaining. Um, Spoilers, No Man's Sky next will not be on my game of the year list because technically speaking, it is a two-year-old game. I I tried to scare Josh at the beginning of the year and told him that it was going to be on my list, but I was just fucking with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play the fuck out of that game this year, but like I said, I like as if it's a new year, I like to honor new games. So, uh, but that was a really mm-hmm. beautiful story, heartwarming story for me in particular. Something I think even a lot of people on the outside looking in will remember. Um, so yeah, that's that's my first main check mark up and down. Twenty eighteen in review, No Man's Sky turning around. Uh, uh, let's see, Shay looks eager there. There's eager eyes looking back at me. I'm always eager, uh, baby. <laughs> what about you? One of the things I'm going to remember this year is the whole crossplay thing that crossplay thing that happened this year. Um, mm. And honestly, as much shit as we give Fortnite nowadays, Fortnite had a really big uh, point to play with that. Like that, there's that's a very that game is a very big reason why. We have finally gotten crossplay with PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that fans have wanted ever since the online gameplay first came out for consoles, and it it's finally happened. And that's a big part to do with uh, Fortnite. So I'm actually really happy. It's mm-hmm. not something that we've personally made use of yet because. Um, usually the games we play, we have for the same system, but in the future, I mean, it opens up so many possibilities, you know, Morgan now primarily games on his Xbox one. I primarily game on my PS4, um, fish primarily games with, uh, whatever's in his pocket at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple nickels. Playing some pocket pool. Stick of gum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That too. God. But, my cell phone? Uh, yeah, yes. that too. Playing Brave Exvius again, but um, I just I think it opens the doors for so much more possibilities in the near future, and I'm really excited for that. And um, it it kind of has to do with you know just PlayStation in general, not just that, but also them kind of finally getting rid of that large ass fee to change your uh your gamer or not your gamer tag your PlayStation name. Because you used to never be able to change that name, and um, unless you pay an exorbitant amount of money just to change a name, but they've kind of uh, pivoted on that, and they've decided to, you know, give players the opportunity to fix XXX Gun Ninja sixty nine XXX to something a little bit more respectable name wise. Mm-hmm. So just like PlayStation's coming around on a lot of their idiocies really is the big thing there for me mm-hmm. yeah 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 it has There's, been um, uh, go ahead josh sorry kind of the like like you said fortnite has been a big part of why that push has happened the way it has it's just been 
way more feasible for everyone to see that as something that is actually wanted whenever people are showing them how wanted it is. Um, but yeah, it, it's been really nice to be able to play Sea of Thieves together without having to buy an Xbox One. Um, it's been very so nice. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take it. It's still a bump. There's still some things like a, Two big games, Monster Hunter World and No Man's Sky, still don't have cross-platform. There's still a lot of games out there that I hope make that jump because, you know, like Shay said, we don't, we had fun with Fortnite. Like, my whole thing with Fortnite is, is has not been that it's not a good game. Like, I actually think it's a, a damn good game and it's fucking free and we talked a lot about it so you can go back and listen to those podcasts if you're curious, but it's just that it just kind of get old. It's too much. Like, there's still people I see playing Fortnite all the time now, and I'm like, you know, whatever makes you happy. I'm just like, sometimes just scratching my head. Like, there's so many good games out there. Why do you want to play Fortnite for your whole life, man? Or woman? You know, I just kind of, yeah. I just don't get that side well, of it. Well, it, it's free, so. I know, yeah. I know, free. Well, that, and I feel like it scratches, I mean, we're not supposed to be getting on Fortnite, but it just scratches the itch of kind of like what Minecraft does with the world building a little bit and the yeah. basic itch of something like a Call of Duty or something. Well, yeah, know. especially with them adding a creative mode. Uh, like, the, it seems like they're definitely leaning into that uh, instead yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah, makes sense, but... Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I get it, yeah. It's just one yeah, it just it is what it is. I like to see more games go cross-platform because, like you said, it's amazingly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like there's many. T- I I could see Fish playing No Man's Sky on my Xbox. It was telling me Fish was on his computer playing No Man's Sky, and I could I could talk to him. We were talking on the Xbox Live system, you know, it, <laughs> but we couldn't play together. I was like, this is fucking wild, you know. It's just it's it's odd, but I don't know. It's it's a step in the right direction, and you know, like Shay said, it's going to take. Believe it or not, those games that a lot of people dis- are disgusted by, like Fortnite, are going to be the ones that make it happen because they're so big that you cannot ignore that big swinging dick when it comes in the room. So I agree with that. Moving mountains with those big swinging dicks. Speaking of big swinging dicks, uh, eh, Joshua Fowler, um, what are you thinking about this year? Uh, what do you got? Sorry, I had to set that down for a moment. <laughs> Sound effect. Um. Probably one of the coolest things, I mentioned this briefly, um, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, but but, um, this year I've seen a lot more games really embrace accessibility in in cool ways instead of just dumbing down the game with an easy mode, um, being able to just granularly change what is giving you a difficulty in a game between Mm -hmm. like Celeste difficulty options, uh, crosscode head, accessibility options like that as well the uh xbox accessibility controller came out this year as well it just it seems like it's really a push for people in this year uh in in a in a way that i've not seen in the industry as a whole before and i think that's really cool and i'm i'm really excited seeing that going forward just because it's it has been an issue i mean gaming has always had some sort of dexterity component even if you're just playing you know a visual novel you have to be able to push the buttons and like it's because it's interactive making sure as many people as want to can interact with it is really cool um and that's that's 
probably one of my biggest takeaways as a whole from this year is just seeing that be a thing all over. Uh, Spider-Man even did this with allowing you to turn off button mashing and just be able to hold a button. Not a big change. It doesn't really change the difficulty at all, but it sure as hell makes a difference if, you know, you can't tap a button easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shit, I wish I would have turned that on. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's been probably one of my favorite things just in gaming in general coming out of this year, and it's been really cool to see that see that happen. Yeah, there's yeah. I like there's even games that ha- I'm sorry, Shay, were you say something that didn't interrupt you? I apologize. No, I was just saying, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, I've been I I really like it when games approach easy mode in a non um sort of a way that doesn't look like it's a sort of um, making you feel like you're somehow lesser or weak or embarrassed or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, for example, Into the Breach, uh, I was talking to one of our friends, uh, Kuna Matata, a friend of the show. He's been a, a co-host on here in the past. He just recently picked up Into the Breach and uh, on our recommendation, and he was playing on normal, and he was enjoying it, but it was really tough for him. And I was like, dude, most people I know start on easy, and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I did it. Because easy, it's not, it's actually still very tough and it gets you used to how that game works. You can keep anything, like your progress stays with you. It doesn't, like the game doesn't penalize you whenever you change difficulties. And yeah, Yeah, it just has, it has a different set of medals for how hard it is when you play it, which was really cool. It's not like it's just this lesser thing. It's like, you know, lets you learn all the mechanics and stuff because otherwise it can really kick your ass if you go into it, you know thinking you're a badass and not really knowing what the systems systems are first and yeah mm-hmm. just having that is really cool um oh another one this was just before the year ended so it didn't quite make the cut but uncharted lost legacy was the first game in that series to let you change the combat difficulty and the puzzle difficulty independently so you didn't have to oh okay so you That's didn't have cool. to tone down the bullet sponges and then get hints for everything as soon as you walked into a puzzle room um so yeah, yeah it's actually really like cool. that that sort well, of thing is definitely becoming a trend that I'm really, really pleased by. And even games like No Man's Sky that we were talking about earlier, like I personally wouldn't play it this way because I like the survival elements, but you can just play it on creative mode. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter will do that. Yeah. And it's basically infinite supplies. You don't have to worry really about ever dying. Yeah. Go whatever you want. Yeah. So And that that um, is cool. That is really cool. Yeah, it's cool that it yes, yeah, it's cool I'm, that it's an option. I'm glad that to go along with Josh's line that I'm sorry I don't know what's wrong with me today I'm I'm (laughs) happy to see that there's been this trend not just even this year but the past few years of pushing to allow more inclusiveness in gaming because Mm -hmm. it's it's difficult for people with disabilities and of course they want to be a part of the phenomenon they want to be a part of like what's happening in the world and culture and stuff. And some of them appreciate that whole gaming or nerd culture, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. to see like that, that initial wave or movement with kind of like the Wii and eventually the connect, which unfortunately failed and VR has been kind of pushing that too. All these mm-hmm. little things have kind of been pushing to allow for more inclusiveness in gaming with people who have physical disabilities. And it's cool to see that some of these developers and companies are actually pushing forward with that. I think it's a brilliant and wonderful thing. Yeah. And I hope that I hope that 
I guess the the casual or not so much casual, just the gamers who you know maybe not don't have physical disabilities can appreciate that yeah. within the what's going on right now. You know, like there's a lot of shit talking on VR, and I guess some of it is justified, but also realize that you know maybe VR is also kind of a vessel for people who do have you know mental dis or not mental physical disabilities or you know like they're pushing these other things for physical people who have physical disabilities yeah to be able to play video games and i hope that there's just more support for that going into 2019 and i fully 100 percent believe that there will be enough support for that to become a thing you know for people to keep pushing forward with that because mm-hmm. i think it's a wonderful thing I think there should be more inclusiveness with that. I think yeah. it should be available for as many people as possible, you know? We look yeah. at kind of the history of gaming. It was seen as such a luxury item when it first came out. It was expensive, and only the rich families had it. And now it's become a thing where it's more available for everyone. And I think I think that's mostly a good thing. I'm sure there could be some cases for it being a bad thing, but... Overall, I think it's a great thing, yeah. and to make it even more available for people, especially people who, you know, have disabilities, I think that's a wonderful thing. So I'm really excited that yeah. there was that push this year, and I'm hoping that it just keeps going into 2019. Mm-hmm. I, I Yeah, I think it's kind of the natural evolution of it. I mean, it was a big thing when voice acting became popular in games that... There were a couple of years there where subtitles were not standard, and that quickly was solved, and then that was seemed like it was kind of the only step anyone took for a long time, and then it felt like, you know, last year, people started thinking, maybe we should have colorblind modes in here, and then this year, I've, there have been just huge steps going forward in general, and I, I, think, I think it's definitely the direction as a whole we're headed, so I just, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Me too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what about you, Fish? Um, well, uh, I will remember 2018 as the year I officially became a rare fan. Ooh. Um, yeah. A very rare one indeed. Um, yeah, actually, Sea of Thieves was indeed the game that got me into that developer, even though, you know, I never got into Donkey Kong or, um, I I enjoyed 007 and I didn't know that they actually developed that game until recently, but (gasps) Goldeneye for shame. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that rare actually developed that game. Yeah. That was a rare game. That's so weird that they did that. Um, I don't know if they actually like, uh, like made any other first person shooters after that, but I think that was uh they did the only one. Didn't they do a perfect I think they did a perfect dark on oh, the okay. Xbox 360. Oh. I oh, can okay. double check on that, but I'm pretty sure they did. There was that there was the so a perfect dark came out and it was a follow-up and it got great reviews, but it didn't really catch on like Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. The, the perfect dark on the 64. And then there was another yeah. perfect dark game that came out on the Xbox 360 as well. Yeah, and um, that one yeah. kind of fell prey to a lot of things that were going on at the industry at the same time like yeah, it had yellow arrows on the floor at all times, showing you where to go. Oh, um, huh. Yeah, 
I per the first Perfect Dark is one game that I just really wish I had experience when it first came out because I went back to that game has like a 97 Metacritic and I went back and played it years later and it was just too old. It was mm. too old and too ugly and it was. Right. I just wish I you know that's why I love playing things when they first come out. That's tangential, but um. So really, so why was it such a big deal that you like Rare now? Like what? Is this- I, I I don't know. Like all these Donkey Kong fans, like I feel like, like I, I like to exactly yeah. I, I like to think that there's somebody out there just like me who never dug Banjo Kazooie or Donkey Kong and just went through their whole life not playing any rare games and not giving a shit about the developer. Um, so somebody out there with bad taste, basically? If you want to put it that way, maybe. Just fuck with me. I really need a drum sound effect. I can't keep, we can't keep doing this without a little drum sound. Shay needs to get live in house drums, and every time we drop a banger. Especially since go, your bottom is actually da 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 every time. I don't know why. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The McDonald's thing? It's, yeah. it's the precursor to McDonald's. I'm, I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it. He's trying to say he loves the joke, but. Oh, okay. Doesn't quite have the jingle down. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, but yeah, I was just thoroughly surprised that, you know, Rare could come out with a game in 2018 <laughs> and I don't know, like they they were able to like add in like certain little Easter eggs to their older games and I still got the reference because they were such popular games like in game you actually eat bananas for health, which is great. Um and I'm guessing that's an ode to, you know, Donkey Kong. But... No, no, that's an ode to uh, Perfect Dark. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> there was a lot See, of I fan art that game. That. Mm. Yeah. He had a big mm. banana. Oh. <clears throat> Is that why you have to eat it with the stem? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, sorry. I'm, Pirates I'm, never just... had time to peel those things. Never. Especially when you're looking down the gullet of a Megalodon. I know. <laughs> Staring down the gullet of a megalodon. <laughs> That's a horrible Shinedown reference. Um, it, is it even weird to you, Fish, that Sea of Thieves is actually very poorly received by the public and critics? That's <laughs> like the strangest it, part Yeah, of it. it is strange. Like, at, at this point, like, I feel like the people that I make fun of for liking Donkey Kong, I, I feel like now I'm on that other end of the spectrum where, like, hey, why don't you guys like this game? What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, and it feels kind of bad now. Like, I, I kind mm. of have sympathy for you. You know, all the people who love Diddy Kong, or... <laughs> Wait, actually, they did Diddy Kong Racing, so... Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's another mm. one, yeah. Yeah. They did, they've done really good stuff. Like, I think they did, um... Uh... Pinata, which is a very underrated game. Um... Mm. That's, uh... Yeah, they got some weird gems, and then they disappeared for a while. Um, yeah. But you know what, fish is, I don't know. I sorry, it's tangential. I, there's a million things I was gonna say there, but that is interesting. I would say that it's not that you hate those games from Rare. They're probably just it's harder for you to go back and play older games. I I, yeah. I believe that maybe at the time the context could have been different. It's just mm-hmm. impossible to say. I thought for sure you were gonna like Donkey Kong Country. I was wrong. I was wrong. I, yeah. I was very surprised. You, I still yeah. think you should go back and play the uh, play Tropical Freeze, since you didn't have a Wii U at the time. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious yeah. about that. Because yeah. it, it solves a lot of the usability problems that were around in the first batch that were just how you did games back then. Um, mm-hmm. 
It just makes it a little more accessible, even if it does get really hard at the end. Like it's, it's fucking it's, hard, yeah. Yeah, it's it's much more accessible as far as something you can just kind of pick up and play and not feel like you're ever losing progress. So it's only like forty bucks, but I don't. I would send it to you, but I don't have a physical copy of it. So oh. sadly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is the only system I have right now, and Switch, uh, I have yeah. no reason to actually play it on the Switch at this point, so. And you've been re- re- recommending, uh, God. Recommending? Yep. Recommending. <laughs> oh, recommending. That's that's a new kind of dating. <laughs> that's a... Some serious dating. That's some, that's some fucking heavy dating, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get into that shit. <laughs> Gotta wreck them real good. <laughs> You get you get a wreck'em rating. So <laughs> this guy wrecked me so good, five stars. Mm-hmm. It's got like hair metal sound effects for all the swiping. <laughs> Swipe right! <laughs> Little guitar solo. Mm-hmm. And then if you didn't wreck him, he didn't wreck me good at all. Um. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Man, it's going to be fun to talk about Sea of Thieves later, because that's just, that's just one of the most fascinating stories and games in a long time to me. Uh, there's always one polarizing game every year. Um, all right, well, I have a bunch of good uh, listeners' comments here, and then if, if there's something really important you guys you want to mention that's not brought up, then let's do it. But I think that they might hit some of the big ones for us. So let's whip them out. So, by the way, every Thursday... Um, it's going to be a little weird here at the end of the year because game of the year, and then we're going to take a week off. Um, but we're going to have two big game of the year podcasts for your feed to make up for it. But uh, normally, every Thursday, we'll have a question of the week on the at Swordchomp Instagram page. And if you chime in and we like your comment, we'll read it, discuss it on the show. It's a good time. Um, so this week, of course, it was looking back on 2018. And these are some of the comments that we got. Uh, up first. That's my favorite sound effect. They're calling into the show. Corin Space said the most memorable thing for 2018 for me was how badly Bethesda dropped the ball on Fallout 76. And I think that's going to be a big one for a lot of people. Um, the whole Bethesda debacle. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, I think it's definitely memorable, if nothing else. Kind of seeing them. Swing so hard and miss by so wide a mark. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's a little perplexing because anytime I hop on social media to see whenever Bethesda posts something, all I see are fans talking about how we want more of what Oblivion was like. We want more of what Morrowind was like. And then through the past few years, you know, they would be like, oh, we're re-releasing Skyrim Special Edition Remaster for the new system. And people are like, we don't fucking want Skyrim. We want the next game, you know, or for Fallout, we want the next game. And they've been pushing the carcass of Skyrim for years. I think that was kind of their first problem but you know it's, i like to imagine skyrim as a carcass. I, I love skyrim I got, I, don't get me wrong i fucking love skyrim but they've been pushing that corpse for a long time and 
that I think that was the first, you know, indicator of big issues. And then initially Elder Scrolls Online flopped. Uh, now it has a little bit of cult support, but for the most part, it was it was kind of a bust. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Fallout 4 came out, and it was still a decent game, but it just was not the caliber of 3 or New Vegas. New Vegas, which wasn't even created by Bethesda, it was created by Obsidian. Mm-hmm. Um, They added this world-building element into Fallout 4, which was kind of cool. A lot of people did like it, a lot of people didn't like it. Um, if anything, it was definitely, it was definitely something different. Um, I respect it. I didn't appreciate it, but it just, Fallout 4 just didn't have the same feel to 3 in New Vegas. Um, Fallout Shelter was kind of like, didn't they? All right, this is going to tide us over for the next game, I guess. And what it tied us over into was Fallout 76. So it's just like there've been all these little mistakes and it's kind of really culminated into Fallout 76. A game yeah. that literally no one wanted. Um and what we've already talked about that to death. So I'm not going to rehash that. Um fans did want an online Fallout game to be paired with the main the main actual game of what people love, you know, this like single player adventure the single player experience but they wanted to do that with a friend um which kind of you know is a bit of an oxymoron i guess if you want to look at it that way but just how bad this game is done for as big of a company as bethesda is is just mind-boggling it really is and we've talked about it to death so i don't want to go into into too much detail but I've always been the Bethesda fanboy on the podcast. I've been the biggest fanboy out of all of us um, for as long as I've known you guys. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's been one thing after another lately in the past few years with this company, and I'm I'm starting to lose faith in them, and that's fine. They don't need to worry about n- losing my income. I'm one person, and I'm a very small person, so it doesn't really matter. But in the grand scheme of things, if they're like if they're losing a bunch of people like me, these hardcore Bethesda enthusiasts, they're losing all these people. It's gonna affect the amount of money they make. It's gonna affect the games from here on out, and it's worrisome because I think they they wanted to do something creative and they were they're shooting for the moon, and they just they missed the trajectory. They were aiming for the moon they ended up going towards the sun is the best way I can put it. Um, So hopefully this doesn't deter them from making more risky choices. I just hope that they do it in a better way. I, I don't know how to exactly word that. I just hope that the risks they take follow somewhat along the lines of what fans are looking for while not compromising their own creative control. Is the best way I can word that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounding off on Bethesda, the number one Bethesda fanboy. Well, he's the ex Bethesda fanboy on the crew now. Dark turmoil. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, fair enough. I agree. And as someone look, look, when that game is cheap on, if it's on Game Pass or something, I'll gladly boot it up and play it with you guys. Um, but I think from the outside in, it, you don't even have to have played that game to to see the impact that it's had in the news. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a good one. Uh, freaking Tony J said, "I'm with Fish on the Monster Hunter hype train." I'm on that hype train too. Come on, freaking Tony. Running around the team, tracking and hunting a giant beast was a great new gaming experience for me. Also glad I found you guys in 2018. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, mm-hmm. glad you feels. found us. Thanks, motherfucker. I'm just kidding. Seriously, thank you. <laughs> it's, no matter how nice you say motherfucker, it always sounds a little, you know, it's got that little bite to it, you know? Aw, motherfucker. Uh, let's see here. Um, Red Blue uh, Gaming, he named a bunch of games, but the second part of his comment I wanted to read, it says, um, my two-day bachelor party at PAX West 2018, getting Red Dead Redemption 2 at my wedding and playing it with my groomsmen before the wedding. That's pretty cool. It's kind of a special wedding. On my, on my uh, wedding day, we, we all played Call of Duty Black Ops and we all were miserable, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really cool experience. I read that story on Instagram, and I was, that's a really cool experience to have with your groomsmen. It's like, I think that would probably be, in my opinion, getting married, I think that'd be better than a bachelor party, is like right before the wedding, getting this awesome game that you get to play with your dudes, and just chilling and broing out before your life is over, essentially. I think that is a really good way to send it off. Yeah, it'd be a great part of a bat. If I if we did that instead of taking fish to a strip club, he would chop my dick off. So I don't know if you could replace the bachelor party, but yeah, why just, not have both? I, I was gonna say just bring the bachelor party, the the strippers into your house, just play some video games while they're doing their thing. I guess <laughs> that would be great. Playing oh, like mm. renting out like a private strip club and just like having like video games set up there. That would be fantastic. That would be so good. Have a smash. You could bring Smash Brothers in there. I, uh, you know, I wouldn't bring anything into a strip club. I'd have the the strippers come to me because you don't know what's all over those floors and walls and. Yeah, that's fine. Probably it's a. Uh, yeah. Never it's mind. Part of the experience. I'm just gonna leave it. There. When's the last time that strip club has seen a can of Lysol? Is my question. Uh-huh. Oh come on, come on! That's a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Some strip clubs have buffets, man. Yeah. yeah. Besides, most of the ones Fish goes to are clean. He brings his own Lysol. He's, he's the guy who brings his own wipe. <laughs> Lysol wipe. His wet naps. He's like, mm-hmm. she's just she slides puts the his chair up to the bar and wipes down the in rail between in her boobs. And he's like, excuse me, takes the wet nap, <laughs> wipes her breasts down. <clears throat> <laughs> Now that they're it's clean, now. these boobies are clean. <laughs> it's weird, mom. Come on, strippers smell like fucking heaven. You know what? Um, every time now, now fucking fish is heaven, a problem. Yes. <laughs> every time fish pulls out a Lysol wipe, now he gets an erection. It's real weird. It's mm. like it's, his brain's all fucked up. <laughs> On the plus side, though, his kitchen fucking so immaculate. That's Except right. that when he gets to the end, he's so hard that he makes it messy again. So it's, you know, it's a vicious cycle. Um, mm. Let's see here. 
Sector 7 item shop. I will definitely remember being called a cougar on the Sword Chomp podcast by a one Shay Layton. <coughs> hmm. She really said that. Hmm. <laughs> remember when you called our friend Sector 7 a cougar on the podcast? What'd I do? <laughs> <laughs> he was out of it at the time. You can't hold it against him. What um, did I call her? I can't tell if you're fucking with me or not. I really am not fucking with you. We called her a cougar. Oops. <laughs> Oops. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. Um, <laughs> uh, she said, good news is I've had a birthday since then, so now I'm a senior citizen. Um, hmm. oh, that's, a, that's a joke, guys. Come on. Silver Get some cougar laughs now. here. <laughs> need to get a laugh track for you fuckers. Um, also being privy to at fish sticks fish. Uh, sword chomps sword uh-huh. shenanigans. I'm reading this all straight up the comment. Sword chomp shenanigans were pretty great. Much love, bromies. Glad to call you my friends. Uh, friend of the site who made the epic art that we have and has been a guest on the podcast. We need to have her back. Uh, last time she was on the show she was a bit distracted by family um so we need to have her back on so she can give us her full no she can give fish her full and undivided attention Mm. Uh, i don't know if i can handle that (laughs) not not many men can uh you should reverse it fish you gotta be confident be like i don't know if she can handle my full attention that's what i meant the bac Oh God! <laughs> Say it with your chest, boy. Say it with your chest, boy. Uh, Trombaco ten twenty nine said, "Definitely Stan Lee's cameo and his passing." He didn't, actually didn't put that in there, but I'm assuming that he was referring, he or she was referring to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not see it coming at all, and it was wonderful. You know, it was the year of Spider Man for a lot of people with that movie that just came out that's doing really good. Yeah. Um, and then the Avengers, and then of course the Spider Man game, and then uh, sadly Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, passing away, so. Yeah. Hmm. Always a bummer. But you know what? I'm sure he had a very full and amazing life. He seemed happy until the end. He lived, God, he was, he was, he lived a long, long time and he did a lot of great things, so. Made a lot of people happy. Wait, that was the guy who always did cameos in Marvel movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He did everything. Like, oh. he basically never turned down a role for almost anything like he was just that invested in seeing other people create stuff which is just really cool about him for that's, as successful as he was so yeah that's just an interesting way to make a career just doing cameos mm-hmm. and nothing else <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> I actually saw this. Uh, I was I don't know uh, how I found it the other day, but it was like in the God of War three documentary. They were, Stan Lee came to Santa Monica Studios and he was like walking around and stuff, and he was just blown away by what they were doing there. You know, mm-hmm. he was a big supporter of the gaming industry for sure, and art, big supporter of art in general. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of people used to look at gaming in sort of its own separate thing, um, and people like Stan Lee are good at helping bridge that bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Reverend Rock and Roll said, 2018, my wife and I moved into a house all to ourselves, and I was able to set up my game room and every right. console and game that I've had throughout the years. Yeah. You finally kicked out the kids, huh? It's a good all plan. Right. Good plan. Yeah. Just get your own house. Send the kids nice. somewhere somewhere <laughs> far away. Get them packing. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, that's that's like still like twenty years away from ever happening for me. So mm. longer if you, you know, still can't learn how to unroll one of those condoms. Mm. Uh, you're on the road to having another kid yourself, Josh. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Get those tubes tied, or your snip snip. Get your snip tied. My snip tie. Tie, tie your dick into a bow. Have, Just tie have it up. Tie my snip. <laughs> <laughs> tie it into a yeah. Tie it up. Okay. Snip snip. Reverse vasectomy is gonna have a toll on somebody. Snip snap snip snap. All right. Uh, Teddy fifty said, "Man, God of War was such an epic game." We have a uh, going to Spider Man to get. So sorry, I didn't mean to rush to his comment. Basically, he was talking about how uh, God of War, Red Dead Redemption Two, Assassin's Creed. Basically, it was a great year. Uh, for games, Mr. Hicks two two nine nine said all the great games that came out this year. Also mentioned this a lot of the same games. Good friend of the show, Mr. Hicks. Uh, we love you out there. JP Horshada said Monster Hunter finally breaking through. That that's actually a good one. Even mm. though um, a previous previous commenter mentioned it, Monster Hunter finally broke through in the states after all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they caught me in that net. Mm-hmm. Caught me in that net too. Just took a little longer because the online is so fucking terrible. Mm. No, but it's I not. got there. It is. Yeah. No, I take it back. The single. No, it's to play amazing. The camp- it's amazing. They were able to pull that off on the Dreamcast. <laughs> it's it so just ch- wasn't a Dreamcast game, so you know, you there's know- that. <laughs> It's funny. I was listening to the Eight Four Play podcast, and they're like big Monster Hunter guys, and they're over in Japan. And somebody said something. They were talking about the same thing, how awful it was. And somebody made a good point, though. They were like, if if Capcom had come out and messen- put better messaging behind it, and said, "Look, the single player campaign is better to just play by yourself mm. because it, but it's a great game to play with your friends for expeditions, post game yeah. content, kind of like the end game stuff." Yeah. yeah. Because they designed these cutscenes, and for some reason they, they're asked backwards about how they do it, and you can't do it with a friend, even though every other game in existence right now lets you do that, so yeah. it's fucking weird. Um, so there's no excuses there, but if you play the campaign alone, it's, it's been great for me. So the messaging on that is bad, and the design is bad, but mm-hmm. they'll learn. They'll learn. Right, Fish? Oh, of course. Yeah, yes. I'm sure they'll learn from their mistakes on that. Um... Yeah, I mean, I that... mean I'm, sh- I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there that said, yeah, I wish I could have went through this whole campaign together with a friend instead of going through it solo, then eventually get into the end game to where I can enjoy multiplayer, which um, does indeed suck that, yeah, you can't go. Well, that's what killed a, me. That's we were yeah. playing together and it was a big hassle to play with my friends. And I'm like, fuck this. I, I don't want to grind this on my own. Uh, but. It was just confusing because if the online hadn't been so bad, I probably would have liked that game a lot more, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure they'll probably learn from that mistake and streamline that a bit because there, a lot of people who did get into the multiplayer definitely did get into the multiplayer and enjoyed it with friends. Well, it's not that the multiplayer is bad. It's, it's playing yeah. the campaign in multiplayer is, is awful because yeah. you, you have to progress the same level as your friend. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Um, but you got no. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like you have to get to a certain cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. You have, have to watch to a cutscene. Some cases you have to wander scene. ten minutes into an area, watch a cutscene, and then you can mm-hmm. finally 
boot up with your friend, and by the time mm. they get in there, it's it's just a fucking mess. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll streamline that. Yeah, they either need to streamline it so it works better, or even possibly just an easier fix would be to not even have it turned on. So you just like can't even queue with a friend during that single player yeah. campaign, one yeah, or the other, because yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. the middle road that's just frustrating. Or get rid of the story because it's fucking awful anyway. Like nobody gives a shit about the Monster Hunter story. Not one person in the whole world. Not one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which is too bad because the lore and the monsters and everything about that 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 world is is fantastic. It's just it's too bad. Anyways, they'll fix it. I I have confidence. And if they don't, then we're gonna bash them from here to Kingdom Come. Right, fish. That's right. All Bash right. them with our great sword and our light bow guns and mm-hmm. stick them with our daggers. Great swords. Uh, so yes, Monster Hunter breaking through uh, finally in America is, is pretty fucking cool, which in my opinion was a result of timing, January being slow, and finally putting it on the PS4 and making it super fucking pretty. It's an incredible game too, but I mean, they just made that thing really appealing to the generation that we're in right now. Um, mm-hmm. but I have some, yeah, I have some thoughts on that. I can save that for, uh, later on. Um, a couple more quick ones here. Eric, uh, O said, um, actually, no, these are return comments. I apologize. Um, Matt BG said one thing that really impressed me this year in gaming, apart from the obvious things like how great the games were, was Detroit become human. That game was really good. Wow. We got a sleeper here for Detroit to human. Hmm. Just to show we're equal opportunity here, we're going to read that comment and give it the respect it deserves. Okay. <laughs> I will say this. The Sorry. first half... <laughs> I, was, I was giving it the respect it deserves. That, hey, I like the first half of Detroit Become Human, and then the second half just lost me. It, that no, intro mission they... is good. It is solid. <laughs> the, first mis- <laughs> the first mission. No, there were some good... Like, the performance from that AI was really good. There were some good characters in there. It just mm-hmm. kind of went off the rails. Like all of this David Cage stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, once once the story starts branching out too much, it 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 starts kind of. Once he has too many options to keep track of, it just doesn't work as well. Like I've always felt like the beginnings of his games are better, and he just has a hard time carrying it all the way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause he he yeah. he can know what you're doing with much more certainty at the beginning, so it just feels like there's more effort there. But yeah. I wonder if he would have benefited more if he had given you choices, but they were essentially just going to lead to the same place, but it made you feel like you were leading your own story, well, as opposed to actually branching the whole fucking thing. And a lot of that is how it works. Like, you basically have the same missions no matter what, but dialogue changes. Yeah. Um, and, like, options will be locked off and stuff. Um and sometimes it'll play out more or less exactly the same, but because someone's opinion of you is different from earlier on, it'll have a different outcome. It's just strange. It's kind of odd how the way it mm-hmm. works in those games. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And after each um, mission, I guess is is or each chapter, I guess. Um, oh, being able it to actually see the, shows like the story tree yeah, thing. You see the actually tree thing, and like. Your first time through, like, you'll see a bunch of shit like, whoa, I could have done this and this would have happened and mm-hmm. or this outcome would. But it all just led back, I guess, to the same thing. 
essentially with slightly different results carrying over. That's what my head looks like after a bad date. I'm just like playing it over my head like a tree. <laughs> yeah. I could have done this and that. And oh, there's 17,000. Just what sitting said? there with his head on his desk, staring at a pile of empty Diet Dr. Pepper cans, <laughs> thinking about what well, he could have a... said differently. <laughs> hey, if the end of the night ends with me staring at a bunch of empty Dr. Pepper cans, that's a good night. Mm. Good night. No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. <laughs> Hurricane Cole said, the death of Telltale. Capcom Vancouver mm. was the shocking news. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, the death of Telltale was a big thing that happened this year. That was a big bummer. It was surprising yeah. too. Like, it, really, no rumblings of that beforehand. Just out of nowhere, they could just all of a sudden be belly up. It was bizarre, very bizarre, and kind of really showcased some of the issues we have. As you know. <sighs> Gaming as an employer, if nothing else, that all of a sudden everyone can just be out of a job. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, it definitely it showcased the ugly side of being a game developer or working on a game. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I I document. I documented and I went through everything of kind of what happened um, from the beginning to the end, the rise to the fall of Telltale through the Walking Dead series on my side podcast, Evoking the Sublime. But uh, it just, it, it's re- it was really, really unfortunate because it nobody won whatsoever. Like nobody benefited from what happened. Uh, you know, them lose, losing out on all their sponsorships and their money and whatnot. Um, they cut it so close, and I don't understand why, as a business model, that would happen. You would be cutting it that close, but um, they basically, you know, hundred plus people were out of a job, you know, within mm-hmm. within a week or within the day, you know. Um, yeah, they lost they lost any kind of job security they had. They lost their health insurance within a week. They had a week on health insurance before they were off of it. And like some 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 of these developers and people who were working on the game were absorbed by other companies, but most of them weren't, and they were out of a job for months. Um, and it just it was such an unfortunate thing because these fa- like multiple of these people, you know, they had families, and uh, one of them, and we talked about this before, had just been brought in that week to start working on the game only to be laid off because of what happened. Mm. Um, thankfully skybound entertainment, which uh, is the company of one of the creators of the walking dead comics ended up picking up the, the game and decided to proceed with it and hired back a fair number of those people. But it just showed that like it, Everything that goes into a game and the uncertainty that surrounds it. And for me, personally, going like, not to make it about me, but to me, it just gave me a greater appreciation for what goes into a game and try to, for me, trying to be a little bit more understanding. Because, like, if something flops, like, I, you know, I was just ragging on Fallout 76, 
if something flops, that potentially means people are out of jobs. And mm -hmm. it's not always those people's fault, you know? Like, they're, a lot of those people are just given, like, basically what they're supposed to do. They're just told, all right, you need to just render this. Yeah. And they don't have any creative control in it. And yeah, especially with kinda, a big company like Bethesda. Yeah, that's an issue kind of in all of business, but especially in games, that the people just following directions at the bottom are always the first to suffer for the dumb decisions up top. Always. And that's right. it's really right. ridiculous. Um, right. And a big, a big reason why a lot of people get into creating and developing games is to have some sort of creative control over it, to have some sort of input. And to, in, mm -hmm. we don't know the exact things of what happened at Telltale, so I don't really want to, you know, yeah. brainstorm it's not or go time into for a deep dive. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not time for that. But it just was, it, like Josh said, it was so shocking because yeah. they were in the middle of releasing their final season. They had other games greenlit. And just out of nowhere, no funding, shut down. Mm -hmm. And all these people are out of jobs. It, it just, it was jarring. Like, it was, for a few days, it was all I was doing was just reading about, like, how did this happen? Like, what led to this? I was reading tweets about the people who lost their job, even a month plus later, saying, we still don't have jobs. You know, it was, it was shitty. Yeah. Well, and... I I just hope that it doesn't deter people who want to create games from going into that field. And I also hope that mm -hmm. this is kind of like a, basically a case study. And pe like other developers can look at this and say, all right, this is not what to do here. Let's make sure we have some sort of security going forward, which is difficult in this line of work. But hopefully mm. more preventative measures can be taken for future developers to protect their staff. Yeah. Well, and uh, I think it's a good closing comment on that note too, Shay. Um, headquarters said, non-game related, graduated from my dream school, University of South Carolina. So uh, South Carolina, sorry, I said that word. Congratulations, man. That's pretty cool. Um, but he also said, I think Telltale closing well, was a huge... South Carolina is officially mumbled in... Uh in all their official uh, documentation. South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. There's a um, South Carolina boy that, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, you okay. said it correctly. Right. It, it's, it's, uh, that's, it's that's unintuitive, but that's, that's, that's correct pronunciation. All right. Very <laughs> nice. I think that's yeah, the penultimate pronunciation. I think Telltale Closing was a huge surprise, especially after looking forward to The Wolf Among Us Season 2. The first one was incredible, and I would have loved to see the second one. Um, which I know Josh is always going on about that game. That is a bummer. And, you know, I think it could be sort of any... It's I, To me, it was just the larger thing of just business, like, mm -hmm. being run poorly. Like, I remember I was on vacation with, with Fish one time a couple years ago, and I had spent a lot of time at this company that I loved in my career, and I just called us in one day and said, yeah, no warning, we're shutting down the center, everyone's losing their job, and that was it. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it just sucks that it's part of life. And like you said, the game industry is particularly fickle um, and expensive on top of that. 
Um, but just in general, anytime people lose their job, it sucks. But this, this is something that was really brought to attention to us because we're enjoying the things that these people create. Like if suddenly tomorrow Rare was like, hey, you see if these, you know, you guys love that? We're shutting down. Not enough people like it. The reviews have been terrible. We can't afford to keep this thing going. Nobody's playing it. If that happened, we would be crushed. We would be crushed. So I well, think that's why... It... You kind of went through this, Morgan, actually a few years ago with Kingdoms of Amalur because, granted, I didn't get to play nearly enough of the ga- that game, and I was super excited for it. I just I didn't have time at the time. Um, but you were super into it, and they were planning all this DLC, which they released a lot of it. They're planning all this stuff. And they were, you know, it was a brand new studio. They were talking about making a second one, and then they just closed. Yeah. And yeah. I, man, this just this year, there have been a bunch of, you know, studio and mergers and closings. It, it's been a year for that, man. Like, um, well, I, was, I don't mean to interrupt you, Shane, but ironically, this is the year that the 30, this Kingdoms of Amalur IP got picked up again by, um, right. THQ Nordic, so which right. is ironic, you know. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, but I mean, like you went through this. I, I like. I think this is the year that zombies fucking died, man. For especially for me, because Telltale went under. Um, the yeah. studio that did uh, the Dead Rising series, that that Capcom studio, they got shut yeah. down. Um, I don't think Visceral Games was this year, was it? That. Dead Space one? That was last year, wasn't it? Uh, I think was it, it was late ago? last year. Yeah. I'm not sure, man. Yeah, I mean, no, visceral, visceral Games? Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's close enough to where it feels like it was piled onto this year. All these fucking zombie games and zombie creating studios just... like, And not, not just them, like a bunch of studios have struggled this year, and it's just a shame. Um, but... None of them have been handled as tactlessly as what happened with Telltale. So, yeah, it was yeah, yeah it was just yeah. a very jarring thing that happened this year for sure. It really was a bummer. There've been a lot of good things this year, and there were some bummers for sure. Um, and I want to do our own private retro private it won't be private because it'll be on a public podcast. But I, I will I do something brief for us that uh, just kind of about our year in general and our game of the year shows. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone who commented. By the way, I want to say right now in the middle of our show here that if you want to support us, um, we have a Patreon, Swordchomp, um, patreon.com slash Swordchomp. And if you go to there, you can donate. We have a $5 tier, which gets you access to a top secret VIP Instagram page with cool, rare videos, jokes, pictures, you name it. It's for like the hardcore, the hardcore. We're trying to get to like $200 a month so we can afford to make every... Uh, podcast in video form because that's something people have recommended but we just can't afford the extra like the, it'll take a lot of extra work for us to, to pull that off um and so if you want to donate to us that would mean the world to us you know christmas time you want to drop a christmas present in old fish's pocket um actually it just goes right into our legal fees but same thing uh patreon.com slash sword chomp it would mean the world to us um now as we progress here on the show uh, I re- I'm excited to talk to I I yes I teased the Sonic legs and the uh, game of the year stuff I think it'd be a fun way to end the show with some comedy but there's two things I want to talk about most importantly we've been waiting to talk about see if these with our good friend Shay Layton if you notice the pirate themed intros and you're hanging around still it's because we have all been um, 
passionate uh, devotees of Sea of Thieves. And I know if you haven't played Sea of Thieves, you look at the, the critical reception of that game and the general buzz and you think, what the fuck? What? No, that's weird. Why do you guys like it? Um, but yeah, we, we all liked it for reasons we'll talk about here briefly, but we never got to play it with our friend Shay, who is the uh, pirate, uh, what's the word? Pirate geek, pirate nerd of the crew. Um, Aficionado. Aficionado works. Um, yeah. What do Kaizoku. they call a uh, sommelier? He's a sommelier of pirates. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're talking about Somalian pirates? Yeah, that works too. Huh. Okay. Wasn't a sommelier like a wine tester or something? I don't know. Um, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. The point is, uh, we've been excited to talk about see if these with our friend Shay for a while. Uh, we eventually, I a re- the real precursor to the story that I think is interesting. I wanted to play this game, but I did not own a, an Xbox One at the time. Shay had one back at his family's house because he lives in Japan, and he decided that he wanted to take his PS4 with him. Um, so I went and borrowed his old xbox one because nobody was playing it to try this whole sea of thieves thing and to give game pass a shot and i got hooked then i wanted to get josh involved so i remember one of the few games i went to josh was like josh i will buy half of this game for you you need to play this with me i've never done that before in my entire life um and then because i was so confident that either josh would like it or we'd have fun playing it together and then of course i got fish hooked on the train etc and so on and so forth see if these became a thing on Sorchomp. Now, the end of the year has come, and I ended up sending that Xbox to Fish. Um, he ended up playing some games with me, like No Man's Sky and stuff, but then decided that he needed to send it back to its original owner in Japan. And Shay finally received the Xbox, got his Xbox Live signed up with Game Pass, and has finally set out on his pirating adventure. Um... What do you think, Shay? Is that enough build-up for for this story? I think that's enough build-up. That's enough foreplay. Yeah. No, it, it's been really fun playing this game um, the few times that I've played it with you guys. It kind of blends together, because like, I actually had one other thing I wanted to mention for the previous talk- topic we were just talking about, but it actually blends well together with this conversation. Is I think this year has also been a really good year for us here as as the crew but just people in general more specifically for us though is it's kind of been the year of online gaming it really has there's been a ton of online games and they're all you know designed keeping you together like previous a lot of previous games i feel like have has been about competition against other people i mean like you can team up on things mm-hmm. like league of legends and Call of Duty and stuff like that. But this game, like, the the gaming this year has seemed a little bit different than that to some degree. Like, No Man's Sky finally being the game it was supposed to be. That That is a game about exploring together, not killing things, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves has been, granted, you're killing things, but, I mean, you're also exploring together. It's just been this game, like, it's almost been this level of camaraderie gaming this year and i've really felt it especially especially with us playing together i mean we've played so many games online together this year such as um red dead 2 sea of thieves no man's sky uh you guys have been playing super smash brothers we've played fortnite 
what else? There, there have been a ton of games. I'm probably forgetting a ton. Um, Monster Hunter. Yeah, tried to play Monster Hunter together, but that oh, yeah. could have been uh, a really good one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- there's just been a ton of gaming for us this year, and it's been great. It's honestly, I felt like this is like the closest we've ever been as a podcast because as as a group of people too because the most we did gaming together in the past was uh the pokemon events that we would do Mm -hmm. and even then that doesn't feel like we're gaming together because we're you know we're training these these basically these characters to do our bidding by ourselves so it never really felt like we were actually playing together and this year we've done that a ton and i think i think sea of thieves granted i wish you know all four of us could have played it at the same time i felt like like was a great culmination of that because each it really showed each one of our personalities and um it kind of showed us what we're good and bad at and like how we complement each other and that's part of what made playing uh sea of thieves so much fun these past few weeks but outside of that I think it's an awesome game, and I don't understand why it got all the shit that it got. I really don't. Um, I was kind of thinking about this a little bit earlier um, when we were talking earlier in the podcast today, and I think part of the reason why that game's gotten so much shit is because there's no defined, clear objective. Where, where you look at something like Call of Duty, when you're playing Call of Duty online, it's about, you know disarming a bomb or it's about killing the other team an x amount of times or if it's a hardcore team deathmatch you're just trying to kill everyone in a round whatever it is and mm-hmm. there, there's a defined objective but with this game or no man's sky i mean no man's sky you're going to the center of the galaxy but the likelihood that happens is slim so yeah. it's you're just, just looking games, around you're just looking yeah. at cool shit with your friends right basically. right yeah and it's it's like a virtual hangout, and people want more content. They want more directive or direction or objective. And it, I don't feel like this game necessarily needs that. Like some of the some of my favorite moments have been in the game, just the three of us, just sailing in the open seas and just admiring the beautiful water that this game has. And just bullshitting. It's been... Some of those moments are my favorite moments in the game. Kind of like God of War for me. Some of my favorite moments in that game were, you know, sailing with Kratos' son and Mimir and just listening to them having a conversation. It's kind of the same thing where you're just relaxing and just, just enjoying some free time. You know, and... I... I could see the criticism that it doesn't have a lot, a large objective. See if these doesn't, I don't think it personally needs it for myself. For me, it's mm-hmm. a game that I could see, you know, us getting to play like once a month and we just get to relax and sit down and just bullshit, talk about things, catch up and just have fun. I think it's a great yeah, relaxing yeah adventure minus when i tell morgan to shut the fuck up which i still feel <laughs> really bad about that clip 
Yeah, that's um, low well, point. It, it's but... One thing that you said that I, I think is cool that we mentioned way back in the day, unfortunately we were playing it without you, is that that game brings out everyone's strengths or weaknesses. Like for me, it's just like I'm all in there for the entertainment and taking videos for the Instagram and just making horrible dick jokes. Um, and Josh is there for the, you know, to get shit done and to try and, and like make complete the objectives and to give orders and fish. What would you say your, what would you, how would you say your personality blends into that whole pirating thing? Um, I'm just the best pirate out on the seas. So you guys are lucky to have me on your vessel. So I thought you were going to say it's all the molestation that happens in the back cabin. That's really your we, forte, remember? We are lucky to have oh, you on our vessel when you stay on the vessel and not abandon ship when you're the only <laughs> person on the ship. <laughs> Which And that that's sucks because that was one of the best moments of the year was, was Fish not knowing what he was doing, getting excited, jumping mm-hmm. off the boat, and then the boat just goes off on its own. It's fucking crashing into an <laughs> island and we're just fighting this guy on this other boat. We're like, Fish, somebody has to steer the damn boat. Like, uh... <laughs> emerging gameplay. That's what we talk about the most. Emerging. This game is all about emerging gameplay. I was trying to pull up a um, an IGN like review or something big so I could skip to the last paragraph and see what pe- like an epitome of what people didn't like about it. But the general idea, Shay, was that it was a content, content, content. People get to that over and over. But I, I want to throw this at you first. How did you like? For me, the first time I played the game, there's just something about like the now, Garrett, this feeling's kind of gone a little bit at this point because I've played it for so many times. But the first day I played it, I told you guys this. I played it with a good friend of Kunamatata, and there's just something about the feel of that game. Like the feel of being on that, that ship in the ocean. It just felt like nothing I had ever mm-hmm. played before. Um, yeah. Did you feel that? Yeah. Way? Absolutely. Um, I want to be tangential for a second because it blends with this so well. When I went to Okinawa this summer and I I was on this boat because we were going out to the scuba diving area mm-hmm. and I just remember being on the boat and the waves are kind of jostling the boat around a little bit and I just remember being out there just staring at the you know the ocean and I was just like man this is just so peaceful this is exactly where I want to be right now I knew this is the exact moment I wanted to be in and all that and it was just super relaxing. It was comforting. And the first time the three of us departed on the open seas, and I just got to see the water mechanics, the physics, and how beautiful it looked, I got kind of that same feeling. Not quite. It's not quite as visceral because there's nothing quite like living through it, but I just got this kind of tranquility about me. I just like, I felt this is exactly how I should feel right now in this game. It's just super peaceful. Like there's this, Mm -hmm. there's this desire to see what's next, but not to rush towards it type of thing. It, it was, yeah, there's nothing like the feeling I felt when I first played that game. Um, the second time it didn't feel like the second time we played together, I didn't quite feel it as much, um, because we were kind of trying to rush because we had, we had um, a limited amount of time, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, there's nothing like that. The first, like playing that game yeah. the first time, there's nothing mm-hmm. like it. Uh, the closest, the closest thing I would think of was actually would actually be something like uh, No Man's Sky. Um, but even then, 
it's not quite the same. Like there's a there's well, a level of tranquility. It's different, but yeah, look, well, it's just a different yeah, type of yeah. tranquility. Yeah, like being alone in space in No Man's Sky is just there's nothing like it. But yeah. it's like both of them the give you the... just a huge sense of scale in, in a really cool way. Um, with just like like you were mentioning, the, the ocean in Sea of Thieves feels so unique. Like depending on the weather in game, just it can go from just perfectly calm and just cruising along to huge waves taller than your ship that you're climbing up and down. It's just, it's a really cool feeling. And uh, No Man's Sky does a similar thing whenever you're between planets where you can just cruise along at the speed you were traveling when you were on the planet's surface, which seemed super fast. You're just whizzing by everything. And then you look down at your, you know, ship's computer and it's saying, you know, Two weeks to the nearest planet at yeah, that speed. Yeah, you'll arrive in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. and just and it's the, not joking. It would literally yeah, take like you if two you weeks. just <laughs> sat there and cruised towards it, it would take you that long. Which is, it's a really cool feeling whenever games are able to get you with that scale. I mean, that's something I've mentioned before in relation to other open world games. How sometimes they're just they just don't quite get it. Like it's close, but like if you actually pay attention, it's just off. Like it just doesn't quite make sense. And then you get games that just are so true to the scale that it's it's really cool and it 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 can draw you in in a really really unique way. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's part of the reason why both those games have been shit on is because I think gamers are so used to scale not being realistic or mm-hmm. off. And yeah, like like you're saying with No Man's Sky when when you feel that actual scale you're like all right, this is, you know, this is fairly realistic in terms of scale and it's it's jarring. It's it it like a game that would actually take you 2 weeks to travel from one planet to another. That's intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people that's just off-putting. You look at something like Red Dead where I I think the scale is not great. Um it's not bad, but it's not great either. Because you are basically traveling across state lines, essentially, in a matter of minutes. And that scale is not at all realistic. But if they made it realistic, because part of it takes place, essentially, in Montana. And if if they made that realistic at all, traveling mm -hmm. on a horseback from one state to another would take you hours. Yeah. No one wants to play that. It's weird. It's like... As far as, like, distance towns are apart and stuff like that, it's about right, you know, as far as climbing a mountain, it makes sense. But, yeah, it goes from one completely different climate to another in, like, you know, the space of a half a mile. And it's like, okay, I guess we're in the desert now. Um, And that that sort of thing is just kind of strange. Well, it's just like Shay said, like in No Man's Sky, you can look at the two weeks thing, but no one's Mm going to spend two weeks flying. They're going to equip their their boosters and they're going to get there in about two minutes. So your horse doesn't really have boosters in Red Dead Redemption, so it's not going to be ideal. And the the Sea of Thieves map is good size, but it's not not like gargantuan by any means. It's just Mm -hmm. you have to get everywhere with a real sense of speed and scale, so it works. Right, it it just feels like it doesn't feel like a lar- like a large map, but it feels realistic in the time it takes to get there and how you get there. You know, yeah. like I yeah. like let me be honest. 
I've never sailed a fucking boat in my life. I wish I knew <laughs> how. I don't know how. But when I play that game, it makes me feel like it's fairly realistic in how you go about it. Mm-hmm. Like the the physics of turning the boat and getting it all set up to where you are in line with where you need to be to park a boat or dock feels pretty damn realistic. Uh, how mm-hmm. you put the sails up and down and move it to catch wind um, or fight against the wind feels fairly realistic. I'm sure, you know, you can make a case for the anchor not being super realistic or whatever, and that's fine. It's, it is, you know, games can't be 100% realistic, but it feels realistic in terms of the scale of the game, and it just works so well together. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of the beauty of the game. Fish, I see you leaning over. You got something to say? Uh, I'll just add that, like, those mundane tasks of actually driving the boat do indeed feel mundane if you're just doing them by yourself, um, but can also be very rewarding in that game, which I find weird. Like, I played that game as solo at, on a sloop, and, like, being able to uh, efficiently go across the map and, you know, hunt down treasure chests and whatnot. Yeah. Like, there's there's some satisfaction, you know, in learning how to actually properly steer that boat. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not that difficult. It's very accessible. Like, everybody knows how wind works and, like, they could put one and one together with the sails and they're sailing, essentially. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it is, it is, it's satisfying. Let's, as another example, kind of going back to Red Dead, it can take you about the same mm-hmm. amount of time to go from where you start to your quest marker in both games, but in one you're sailing there, and the other one you're mashing X for you know twenty minutes. Right. And one feels very satisfying, and the other one mm-hmm. feels like carpal tunnel. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with that, but continue. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's it is it's it's really cool how they're able to just make moving feel satisfying in that game well but they have an advantage like i I don't know why i always got to bring red dead into this they're just different things like traveling on a horse it's one of the reasons i always love wind waker because you Mm -hmm. were on a boat and horses i mean it's just sort of the nature of the beast Mm -hmm. i i found getting place to place in red dead very satisfying no no no. i I do too in the open world like the open world is the thing that works the most in that game uh other than like we mentioned the the climate you know just different biomes right next to each other is weird. But other than that, it feels really good just to explore that world. Um, um But yeah, like we were yeah, saying on yes. that note, it's boats are just, it's the nature. There's why there's not a lot of games. Like I can't think mm-hmm. of any other, I know there's not a lot of pirate games, but there's just, there's no other games that have attempted to do this thing. And I think that's why it's interesting. Now, having said that, this is, this is where it gets at the fascinating debate takes over. Okay. So, this is the opening line from the very popular IGN review, but I just want us to digest it and give our own opinions, okay? After 40 hours of Sea of Thieves, the pirate battles on screen were as tense as my own internal battle over whether I was enjoying Sea of Thieves as a game or as the prettiest online chat room ever. What's here is an amazing foundation for a social experience that's beautifully realized, and that makes it frustrating that the gameplay loop is so repetitive and its progression is stagnant. 
Now, this is when it first came out, obviously. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not entirely wrong, actually. Um, the actual loop of the game, if you're looking for a generic video game loop, collecting things, trading them in to make yourself better, is going to let you down. Because everything in this game is aesthetic. It's all aesthetic, mostly. Um, the... Joy for me always came from the moment-to-moment -moment emergent stories and experiences, and I feel like that's an important thing to recognize, because if you go to play this game, mm -hmm. like, after playing the game for weeks and weeks, we had enough money to buy stuff, and that felt good, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, my my, my gear doesn't make me feel like it's I all, progressed. Yeah, it's all just, you know, it's like you're not getting rides. any like stronger through the game. It's yes, just It's yeah. just for looks. Which I like, because you don't run into, you know, some completely decked out ship and think, well, I yes. have zero chance here. If you know what you're doing, you can pull it off. Like, you, you never have to worry about being mm -hmm. just completely outgunned. Granted, if you see someone completely decked out, they probably know what they're doing and will stomp you anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be your own fault. <laughs> and that's, that's and not true. so much that... Oh, well, I just didn't well have that's a chance the cool here. thing. When you see someone mm -hmm. decked out, you're like, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know what I mean? They didn't buy it. It's not a pay to win well, thing. Well, exactly. So. It's, it, it, it feels good that way because you see somebody with like the coolest stuff out there and they, they feel like this legendary pirate. It's not like, oh, well, they just, you know, I guess, I guess they dumped a little money into this game and got the, uh, got the new skin pack. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool experience. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, all, all these reviews are for when the game came out, and there was a lot less content. They have had very very regular content updates since the game came out. Um, I don't know if you looked into it at all, but like if you open the menu, um, Shay, you can kind of see like a list mm. of achievements and stuff, um, and a lot of them are based off of prior events, like. The Megalodons, that was an event. The those statues that were underwater, the mm -hmm. ghost ships. There's just there's a ton of content that is still just around in the world that was added in these in these events, just as the game went on. Um, that is really fleshed out the world and added variety that wasn't there as much at the beginning. Uh, granted, there were more people to interact with at the beginning that kind of made up for the lack of variety in the world yeah. itself. Like we ran into a lot more. Mm -hmm. It seemed like we were running into more people, but yeah, it's, I, I know we talked about it a little bit. Um, it's unfortunate that a lot of people, cause I know you did a poll and I'm kind of leading into it a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. that you asked whether people would give it another try now that it's had time that more has been put into the game. And a lot of people, a lot of our fans said no. And that was really surprising because you look at something like No Man's Sky that started out fairly bare bones that has so much content now. And of course, a lot of people are willing to give that a second chance. Sea of Thieves, I probably would have felt somewhat like a lot of people, whereas it would have felt like nothing. But fortunately, I've had the privilege of coming into the game as late as I have with as much content as there is now. And I'm, I'm satisfied with the amount of content there is. There's enough variety of things to do in there. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people aren't going to give it a second chance because I think, you know, 
they would be surprised. Like, based off what you guys are saying, based off of what I've read and what I've seen, it's a lot different game now. It feels like a more robust experience. And it's just unfortunate that people aren't going to give it that second chance. Because well, it, I, I think it has a lot of promise, and I think it shows... It shows how fun something can be while being somewhat minimalist at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're kind of an interesting case study too, Shay, because you are coming in now. Now, it's for the record. We've only we've played it like two good sessions since you've been here. And, I, and I'm sure most people would say, well, you know, if I buy a game, I, I need to play it more than two days and have a good time. So time will tell how long you personally will continue to enjoy it, right? That's, I think it's a fair thing to say. Um, I think it is and it isn't because like some games (laughs) like well think about it this way Uh, Uncharted 4 is an 8 hour game yet we love the fucking hell out of that game we fucking love Mm -hmm. that game I've played two times technically three for a total of about 13 hours and I've had a ton of fun with that game granted maybe it's the honeymoon phase or whatever you want to call it but Mm, I don't think time like the number of hours played ever dictates or should ever dictate, unless it's like egregiously low, um, how much fun a game is or that, how yeah. much fun someone has yeah. with the game. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to lead you into that, but I actually agree with that. Um, I, I, Uncharted 4 was like 20 hours for me, by the way. I don't know. Eight hours seems a little fast, but um, I was just giving you shit. No, I agree. I, I, I think <laughs> that there's value in saying you can, depending on how much you're paying for the product and how you get a hold of it, you know, even if we just enjoyed it on weekends for two months, every Sunday we got yeah. together as friends well, and we had a good time. That, that was yeah. enough for me. Had we kept up, play a weekend every time there's a content update, we would have had, you know, still months of, you know, let's get together on a weekend, play some new yeah. new content from Sea of Thieves. Like, even if you didn't think it was the most fleshed out, if you just kind of want to jump in here and there with friends, it is absolutely the perfect game for that. Uh, they just with all the support so far, and you, yes, it's, it's and just the, the format of its own. Friends, so. If you have at least one good friend, and you think being a pirate sounds fun, you can go out there and have a good time with this game. And it's ten dollars on Game Pass. I have no fear recommending someone spend ten dollars on this game at all. Um, it's just you mm-hmm. need to have friends. You just need to and. And things will happen. Like last night, I was worried that maybe we wouldn't have any cool immersion experiences with Shay. And literally last night, after we killed some Megalodons, which are technically just, you know, they're not, obviously, it's not a, a person controlling Megalodons. It's part of the world now, which is fucking cool. But we ran to this guy who was really friendly. He was getting us our, giving us a bunch of stuff because he's about to log off. Um, and then we were just kind of hanging out with him on there. Next thing you know, he's, we're inviting him onto our ship and we're taking down Krakens and killing Megalodons. And it was just like this random guy. And we, we, we saw these people and we saved them from a Kraken or maybe they didn't even need our help, but we helped them anyway. And they didn't know they left treasure behind in the water. We went and picked it up. We saw them on the dock. We dropped it off for them. They were looking at us like, what? What is this? You're giving us treasure? We're like, yeah, this was, this was your treasure. They took it, turned us in, waved to us. It was like cool little things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Emergent gameplay. Yeah. Emergent gameplay. That or like, emergent. Uh, you, you mentioned that, like, so the guy that, <laughs> like, when we were playing last night, the guy that ended up joining us, how we initially met him is we were just sitting on the dock and... 
he walked up to you and just started giving you shit. Yeah. It was, it was like, weird. you started handing it was like boards a mind, I, and bananas I was and cannonballs. <laughs> I was in party chat, so I, I couldn't hear the game chat, and he was just holding stuff out to me, like, holding a cannonball in my face, and I was like, uh, do you want me to take it? Okay. And he just kept giving me his stuff, and I'm like, well... <laughs> And we later found out it was because he was about to log off and he was just being... A lot of the people in that game are nice. Nicer now. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, when we first started playing it, it was Call of Thieves for a reason and you get into some fun pirate battles, which gave us great stories. But I will say this. They need more of these events because when the Megalodon event was happening, everyone was like banding together for that one week to like... It was crazy, Shay. There was like sh- three or four ships would sail in together and they all were, you could hear each other and you're all mm-hmm. working together to take down the megalons were much harder back then and it was like a big event right it is whole quest for it and if i think if they could just do more stuff like that where everyone who likes the game knows fuck there's this crazy new thing we need to log on for this week we would see everyone playing the game at the same time you know what i mean mm-hmm. and or, or even once a month yeah like or, or i just wish there was more of that because these content updates are really cool and but like that moment when that megalodon event was happening was special like i've never seen anything like that and in, yeah. a, in a game and everyone in that game was an asshole and that event turned us all into best friends <laughs> because yeah we all yeah to you all down. had to you had to be yeah um, it'd be interesting i don't know how much work it would be but it would be cool to see them throw more events in that like for example yeah. they well, throw in like a small thing like once like one month it's like oh you have to go fight all, a bunch of harpies yeah. at a cove and you have yeah. to have you know you have to pair up because there's so many like there's an infestation mm-hmm. of harpies and you just got to go blow them all away that would be something really yeah, cool they've done or- tons of different events but not all of them have had that you need to band together sort of a feel only only a couple of them have really been you're going to need help from a lot of people to to do this sort of a, a vibe and the megalodon one the when they first introduced that was definitely that way and really it was a really cool experience just being able to see that many people kind of banding together. It, it felt, it felt like the old world bosses in WoW, where just like yeah, all of a sudden yeah. the boss is up and the entire server would just show up to help you kill it, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing is that's cool. It's it's not really an experience a lot of people get anymore. So it was definitely no. cool to see that sort of thing well, and see a thieves again. And- yeah, and they were different too. Like when Josh went in with Fish and Josh, there was like three galleons, and it was weird. I felt like I was on this giant fucking ship. But whenever I did it the first time, it was just me and Akuna Matata rolling around in a sloop, <laughs> and and a bunch of sloops were with us, and we felt like I that was our that's our biggest video ever on Instagram right now. It's like fifteen thousand views. We were literally there was like a ten year old kid in the game chat yelling like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" <laughs> we were, and we're all experiencing it for the first time, and we're all mm-hmm. hitting our war drums. And like we're all in these tiny ships that are getting fucking knocked around like a fucking kid in a bathtub. Just it was fucking crazy. So mm-hmm. I hope that so. that happens in the future that they introduce more stuff. I like there are a million ideas they could do. It just it's a matter oh, yeah. of resources and development. How much? But it would be cool. Like it'd be cool to see like something like a a NPC group of pirates are just coming to invade this area and you just gotta band together and kill the enemy pirate ships it's like just this yeah this large armada that you have to band together to kill like shit like that would be so cool Mm -hmm. Or if they could encourage people to attack each other like hey if during this weekend every time you sink an enemy ship 
you get a point, and if you get ten of those points, you yeah. get like a hundred thousand gold or something. And everyone's everyone's yeah, looking just to for kind people. of change up the way you interact here and there. Yeah, is cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That would be cool too. It has a lot of potential. I'm just worried that maybe not enough people are playing it. And I, I was watching one of their developer diaries the other day, and the the guy seemed optimistic about it. He said that they still have these passionate fans that come up to them all the time and tell them how important this game has been in their life, but mm-hmm. that reviews are still a very common standard measurement for success in the industry. Yeah, and, and nobody goes back and does addendums to reviews. And, like, yeah, this is definitely something that I kind of feel like deserves it, in a way. Like, especially because most of these reviews came out before the game was out, there was nobody to play with on the servers at the time. So, like, all those reviews are based off of wandering around on your own and just what the initial grunt loop of a grind was, um, mm-hmm. which is just there to kind of give you the mildest bit of incentive to go out there and explore. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it, it, it definitely was not... The, the game in a review setting is not what the game is. So, yeah. Well, and, and it's like, Shay, like we were telling Shay earlier, you know, that the reason I got burned out on it, Fish gives me shit for it because I only played it with him for like a month and then he accuses me of abandoning him, which is not true. <laughs> I mean, playing a game for a month with a friend is a long time. You know, Fish wants to play mm. a game for five yes. months or he's not satisfied. Yeah. Five months every him. day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> five months every day. Yeah. Um, but it was just because me and the, the issue we were running into was Josh wanted to do the loop of the collecting stuff and I wanted to kill people. And it was just like we were kind of splitting in our philosophies because I was like, I don't want to get a single treasure chest because it's too slow. Like, I don't want to spend hours getting 10,000 gold because I don't care. I want to fight people. I want to make memories. And Josh was like, well, I want to do the stuff in the game. And then if we run into people on the way, we can make memories that way. And I just I get the loop because it got fucking boring for me. But I never got tired of the experiences that happened when we met other players. Yeah. Um. Yeah, That's and I kind of, I, I liked the extra stakes of having something on our ship that we could lose. Yes, which, yes. Yeah, which, yeah. you were always kind of like, let's just go start a fight and steal someone's crap. And I was more like, let's, you know, try to win these fights, but, you know, up the stakes a little bit. Do some other stuff in the meantime. Well. But that's the thing, the yeah. treasure, there's not enough stakes. Like, they need about, every ship we killed last night was empty. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we had, like, two chests at a time. They need to find a way to make the stakes higher. And then it's well, going to be more we were talking that. You know? We were talking about that a little bit last night. We were talking about how may, maybe they need to increase the number of players in a room, essentially, or in, yeah. in a... Just you encounter them a little more often than, than currently? Yeah. Something. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that might also just be due to the number of players on the servers as well. Yeah. Um, there definitely were more when I first started. The game. Yeah, like, we saw yes. way less than whenever the three of us yeah. were originally playing um, when the game first came out. It, it's, there's a noticeable drop-off. Like, you still see people around. It's not like a ghost town or anything, but, like, you were constantly getting in fights whenever the game yeah. first came out. Like, it was just, you know, you were always in a fight. You'd get in a fight, go try to loot the ship that you just, you know, sank, and somebody would be attacking you already. Uh, and see, that's awesome. And that's, I think that's the one experience I am sad we haven't had yet is 
The closest thing that it's come to that is when Josh and I were playing the first time and Morgan had got off and we were fighting a Megalodon and then a ship showed up and then we were fighting the ship and this Megalodon all at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. Granted, it was a ghost ship, um, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that was the closest I've been to that. It's just like, it was hectic as fuck. We're sitting there trying to defend against both the Megalodon and the ghost ship. And... I want more of that in this game. I want more hectic. And mm-hmm. because like yeah, I I totally 100% love and appreciate those those moments where you get to relax and just sail along. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think the 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 scale of the game lends itself to that, but I also think it lends itself to a little bit more hectic happening in the game. I don't know if that requires more people playing or if that requires a retooling of how um the different servers work on the game or adding more content. I don't know the exact answer. Obviously we're just four people who like playing the game, but (laughs) I think it can be retooled a little bit and I hope it is. Yeah. Me, me personally, like, uh, I haven't played it recently, but seeing you guys stream, like I was wondering, I was like, Hey, how come nobody's looking off into the horizon and checking for ships all the time? Yeah, yeah, for player uh, man ships, and like that was a big thing. Whenever me, Morgan, and Josh yeah. were playing, was like always keeping a lookout for other ships on the horizon, yeah, if you... ju- just to make sure you don't get uh, ran up on by surprise. Mm-hmm. Which if you uh, weren't watching yourself, they'd sneak up on you. Like they'd they'd follow mm-hmm. you until you stopped on an island, and then just as soon as you left yep. the ship, they'd come blow up your ship. Um, yeah, like it was, doesn't it feel essential yeah, now. Really cool. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's different. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, I still have, I'm just, I don't know. It's weird now. Like, feeling seeing the state of the game now. There's more in the world that has nothing to do with real people. Like, the, mm-hmm. the megalodons are fucking awesome, but they're they're all over the place now. Like, Shay ran into two the first day. We ran into three last night. I'm like, okay, th- they're awesome. I'm not saying you don't want to run into giant sharks. Them, yeah. There's, it's just weird. It's like they're all over the place. And like, I don't, I think what the developers are probably stressed about is if we don't have enough real people playing the game and people go to play it, we don't want them to be bored. So they're trying to fill it with more stuff to do, you know, more Megalodons, more, mm-hmm. more Krakens, more quests. And that's fine. But that loop is not what makes the game incredible. That loop is ant- like, per- it's like a peripheral thing. It's a complementary dish to the main dish, which is interacting with real people. So, mm-hmm. and that's something they have no control over. Yeah. How many people are playing the game unless they think of smart ways to get people to log back on. And it's like going to a buffet and having a bunch of different salad bars and then just one really small tray of the main dish. And it's a limited amount of what's in that main dish. So you only get to eat a little bit of it, but then you get to enjoy as much salad as you want. That's yeah. pretty much what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. they're just watching everybody rush back to the shrimp when they change it out with a fresh batch. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought I was going to say something else. It's I, I still get to love playing it with you guys, especially down the road if Fish finds a way to playing with us. We still haven't completed the full circle, which is playing together. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this. This game could have, if they can just keep it going... This game could have a No Man's Sky sort of like life cycle to yeah. it, where maybe in a year or two, um, if they do something incredible, everyone comes back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would be 
amazing. Yeah, this definitely, because, I can see it having a good tail to it, because this is definitely, like, we've played it here and there since it came out. It's been, like, nine months, and it's kept us coming back here and there um, as it's gone. So, yeah, like, I can see us playing it anytime we have a good chance to just kind of all hop on and play a game together for some time. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about the Game Pass subscription for people that don't buy it. If you buy it, that's great. I think it's worth purchasing if you love it. But if you're someone who likes to have Game Pass to just play all the games on there, when your friend wants to play Sea of Thieves with you, it's there all the time for just $9 a month. Now, at some point, you might be like, well, fuck, if, I might as well just buy the goddamn game. But Game Pass has been a cool thing lately. I was telling you guys about all mm-hmm. the stuff that's showing up on there. Um, it's just even surprised me. So, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I think we've covered it pretty well, but it's we're gonna we'll play it more. I'm sure. I I would love to play it more with you guys. It's it, you have to take a lot of time out of your day, and you need to play it with friends, and you have to hope you're running other people. There's a lot of you need, you need, you need, you need. But every time we played it, at least before, we were having amazing experiences, and we're still having a lot of fun now. It's just you really gotta hope that you run into some other people. Pray to the pirate gods that you run into some real humans. Ain't that right, fish? Arr. Arr. But, but overall, Shay, it was cool to finally play it with you and uh, to see you yeah. the, after the first day you played it. You had that, you had that jonesing like we had after that <laughs> first day. Ah, I gotta play it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it got us good, man that first couple weeks of this game. And it was cool because it was like our weekend thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to play it for like five hours on the weekend until I get it out of my system. And then I'm not going to think about it during the week and I'll come back to it on the weekend. It was like a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening and you don't get the Sea of Thieves thing, maybe that helps understand it. It's a, it's yeah. an interesting it, game to talk about. Yeah. Like it almost feels like just kind of your weekly D&D campaign or something, something along those lines. Like it's it's a really cool place yeah. to go be with your friends. It's it 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 really kind of scratches a really similar itch. Uh, that's yeah. yeah, that's such a good comparison. It's like you're playing a seafaring D and D or Pathfinder campaign mm-hmm. where the DM mm-hmm. is, you know, the game itself essentially. Mm-hmm. Not as much wild shit happens, but you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and maybe we'll still have some cool experiences with you, Shay. You never know. Like I think if we play on the weekend on certain time, you got to find peak. I would love to like talk to their figure their out staff when like, peak okay, hours peak, yeah. is. Yeah, peak pirates. What's peak pirate hours? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we could find groups online. Like I'm sure a group as nerdy as this is, yeah, they probably post times a bunch yeah. of them play, mm-hmm. like a Reddit page or something. I bet there's a fucking pop and see if thieves Reddit page. <laughs> probably. The fish probably surfed it many times back in the day. Oh, yeah. I was surfing it uh, this week because seeing you guys uh, playing the game got me interested in seeing exactly what all the other players were into in that game Mm -hmm. and what kind of hijinks they were getting into and all the little uh, videos that they were posting on Reddit. Um, But, yeah, last night, whenever you guys first started out, like the first island you went to, 
like I started hearing like thunderous roars and I was like is a storm coming towards them this is weird they're in for a treat uh, but it turns out it was a volcano and I'd never seen a volcano and like I was I was blown away by that I was like oh that is something fucking cool yeah. in the game but like all three of you were just like oh fuck it's a volcano gotta get <laughs> well, away from it no, it's, it's, it's a cool thing when it. you're on the island the only downside to it is that it'll sink your ship while you're on the island so you're kind of locked into somebody going yeah. and babysitting the ship which is right that was that was the least fun part about when tons of people were playing the game is that somebody's yeah. job was always to babysit mm-hmm. the babysit ship <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> babysit the ship well they the rest of you went and had fun um and this yeah. kind of feels like well, a similar sort of thing like it's really cool when you're on the island having like geysers blow up from the ground and having mm-hmm. to watch out for rocks flying all over the place but yeah. it 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 always leaves somebody with a crappy job is the 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 one downside yeah. to the volcanoes that mm-hmm. it, yeah it, it looks like an irritating thing that they tried and judging from the fact that we didn't see anybody in that area i'm guessing people don't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a theory <laughs> yeah like it's a really cool idea but it just it, it, yeah like that that one issue that somebody's stuck sitting there and patching holes in the ship or just doing circles out of range of the volcano is just not yeah not the most fun thing ever right so look yeah, I mean, as opposed as opposed to like a, another natural type of disaster type of thing where like so, yeah something where you could just storm uh, or something where, well i mean yeah like the storms if you go on to an island while it's storming it'll rain and get a bunch yeah. of water in your boat but it won't be enough mm-hmm. to sink it you don't have to really worry yeah. about it it's um, yeah not that well yeah. and honestly i like from our apartment days me and fish from like the three ways that we had like fish is used to hanging back and waiting for the eruption to stop before he runs in so it's it's just one i think he'll be great at that honestly mm-hmm. hmm. um, yeah, I, it's a very good tactic to follow <laughs> yeah definitely i will say wait this, <laughs> is it done yet morgan okay i'm gonna well, I became that guy from South Park. Howdy, howdy, ho. Um, so there's two la- final things I wanted to say um, real quickly. This is kind of like our last Sea of Thieves splurge before Game of the Year stuff, or I'm sure it'll come up on occasion. Um, we talked about Rare earlier, and one of the things that's weird about this game that I just can't shake, even though I'm playing it on an Xbox One and it looks fucking amazing, is that it feels like a Nintendo game. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a Rare thing. Maybe it's psychological. Like, the, the art style mixed mm-hmm. with how, like, polished it is. It just, it's weird. It feels like a fucking Nintendo game. It's yeah. odd. Well, it's solid. It is solid, solid. Um, I, I think I've played one time with server issues. Like, one time in the entire, like, yeah. nine months we've been playing. Um, doesn't feel glitchy really mm-hmm. that I've experienced. Yeah, yeah, it does like, feel solid. It does. Like it a, feels like a really table. solid game, and that, it's strange that that's become something that only Nintendo is really known for anymore. But yeah, that's true. Between that More and so kind of a, a lot of the whimsy still is yeah feels very Nintendo, which a lot of that rare did on their own, but we just really associated it with Nintendo at the time. Um, just given, yes, you know, what well, they, they did were it with Nintendo for, properties, so. like they mm-hmm. made Donkey Kong and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they were doing it with Nintendo properties, but yeah, it does have that sort of feel, which is is cool. I think it makes it feel special. I think in a way that's charming and nice. Um, 
And uh, I think that's all I forgot. Fuck, I had something else going to say. God damn it. Oh, well. It's a pretty fucking game. That was a funny? pretty fucking game. Mm -hmm. You want to know something funny is I'm actually, I'm looking at the, uh, the Reddit page for Sea of Thieves right now. And someone just posted 14 hours ago. Dear Rare, please, I beg you to increase the ship capacity per server slash world. Mm -hmm. I barely ever see anyone. You're sincerely a lonely pirate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if I would have had, like, I still love the game, but I almost wonder if I had stopped when after we first played it and never touched it again, if I had almost feel higher on the game than, like, now where I still love it, but I'm, like, concerned because it feels a little more empty. And it, it, even when people complained about it before, it never felt empty to me because we were running into people all the time. And I'm trying to, like, parse that out in my brain because like there's well, all these cool there's things always, now. there's always drop off like so yeah yeah that's true it's just weird i mean it's it's a fun thing to talk about because there's so many dynamics in play yeah um but it is not this metacritic about to be a fucking 60 whatever it's fucking horse shit it's fucking horse shit <laughs> say it with me horse shit horse shit horse shit horse shit thank you i got one horse shitter on there they mm -hmm. uh, be needing to go to the gallows. <laughs> Send those critics to the plank. Arr. Uh, okay, so let's round up the show with some fun polls. Um, I'll save the Monster Hunter talk for the Game of the Year show. I've been playing a lot of that lately, but uh, me and Fish can maybe wax and wane on that a little bit next week. Um, because this has been already a pretty long show. Now, a couple exciting polls. Shay already alluded to this. 60% of our audience said they will not be giving Sea of Thieves a chance more than likely. But we'll see maybe over time if that changes. I'm sure a lot of people said that about No Man's Sky, too. So cross our fingers. Maybe we can convince a few people to get with their friends and give it a shot. Um, the, f <laughs> uh, the game of the year contenders uh, progressed, as anyone would have predicted, in overwhelming slaughters. God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 um, just obliterated the competition. So that will be the game of the year matchup with the listeners next week. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens i was hoping that some weird game would just get a huge following and just surprise everyone but it didn't happen so mm. sorry <laughs> sorry guys sorry um but i like people being able to vote so that's gonna be fun red dead versus god of war next week and then last but surely not least a great way to end the show now i want to say like i mentioned earlier patreon.com slash sword chomp donate help us keep going our crazy show we're gonna keep doing this um but the more you can help us grow video, um, maybe merchandise one day, you name it, we need your help. So just go to patreon.com slash swordchomp and uh, be a VIP. Um, also, side podcasts. I interview composers on a podcast called In the Blood, and Shay interviews developers on a podcast called Evoking the Sublime. You check those out. We have links up on the Instagram page as well. Um, they're great podcasts, and they are worth checking out. And our Game of the Year shows are the craziest, most epic shows of the year, and they'll be coming in your feed in just about over a week or so. So last way to round the show up with some comedy. That, so the, there's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, all right? And it is a real thing. Now, the positive, strangely positive things about this Sonic the Hedgehog movie, this is not a joke. <laughs> The um the actor who plays if you're a fan of Parks and Recreation, the voice of Sonic is actually going to be the person that plays John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Um, I'm trying to pull up his his name right now, but he is a 
very funny and fantastic actor that I love dearly. Um, and just God not enough Willis. to learn his name. <laughs> it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> God, that would be the weirdest Sonic in the world, wouldn't it? Um, Yippee ki Dr. Eggman. The weirdest um, diehard movie I've ever seen. Hmm. <laughs> See, you made me Google so much dumb shit, like penultimate and all this other nonsense that I didn't want to look up. Here it is. Okay. Um, so, Ben Swartz, that's his name. And he is going to be doing the voice of Sonic. And he's fucking great. Also, Jim Carrey is apparently going to be Dr. Eggman. So that's kind of weird. And we don't know a lot about it, but uh, there is a poster officially for the movie. And it shows Sonic the Hedgehog's legs. And they are long-ass human legs. (laughs) So the poll was, uh, just for the sake of not taking things too seriously, there was two options. And in the only time in the history of Sword Chomp have we ever had a perfect tie, it happened on this one. (laughs) (laughs) And the choices were, oh, the Sonic porn, or dim legs. Mm -hmm. And it was (laughs) 50-50, right down the middle. Um, Have you guys seen the poster? Where do you want to be with those legs? (laughs) Give me some thoughts on this, guys. Talk to me. Talk to me. I don't care. It's. Oh, so this is great. <laughs> it's Josh bizarre. Like, it feels care. like they're kind of going for a similar look as the Pokemon movie, and they both kind of released, you know, that look at the same time. So how I don't know how that exactly happened, but one of them is like creepy but somehow charming, and the other one looks like it's. Definitely gonna have some fanficish elements to it. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Well, Sonic already had a dark road of mm-hmm. Sonic porn. Yeah, he had oh. a thing for actual human ladies. He did. Documented for the last couple decades. So <laughs> this Let's is just give him a humanoid dick while we're at it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, it's it was Yeah. We should have seen this well, coming. The, None the of us want question. to see it coming. I mean well, I mean, there's obviously a community there, <laughs> but we should have seen this coming. You know, my joke was going to go right along with that. I was going to say, <laughs> I wonder if his dick works as fast as his legs. Mm. That's good. You know, I was joking with one of our VIPs and friends, Border Jumper Mel, and she said that he'd be a great quickie. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just spin so Which fast. Which one's it's the like quicker quickie, him or the Flash? Mm. Well, the fa- Flash is a human, so you don't have to feel gross about yourself afterwards, I guess. It's got to adjust your viewpoints, adjust your parameters. Yeah. I'm all open to furries if that's what you're into. Um, I will say Ben Is a hedgehog a furry with the spines? How, where does that yeah. fall in that? Well, they're furry. They have fur, don't they? Well, yeah, yeah there's a, they're kind of fuzzy the on the underside. That's the owies. And, yeah, that's, they're, I mean, they're kind of the furry owies. on the underside, and the underside is really the focus. So I think we yeah. call them furries still. Just the owies. Yeah, because the spikes would be yeah on, on the back. On the back, you, you don't really have to like, worry about that. Yeah, yeah. unless you're Ben and Sonic over, then you got to be careful. You got to pull up the spikes. Mm-hmm. So and fish that just sounds be- very dangerous. <laughs> Fish's face, his eyes. Whenever that a, happened, you could tell he was thinking about it beforehand. Problem, but hadn't considered that. Hazard. Oh, hazard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ben, and we'll see when there's an actual trailer. I just thought that the 
poster looked funny, and you, you can see it. I saw it at my local theater, so it's kind of funny. Um, but I think there's a Ben Swartz uh, in you I trust, but I will say this. I think I don't normally end the show on a funny clip, but this is something you got to hear. This is um, Ben Swartz being interviewed by Larry King. It's 20 seconds long. Larry King, the very old classical interviewist, and he is going to tell you what he thinks Sonic the Hedgehog should sound like. To be, if you wanted to be Sonic, tell me, what do you think a hedgehog would sound like? I have no idea. I gotta hear it louder. You gotta take a leap. This is your 150th episode. How how, how long? That's great. How long? I'm just a hedgehog. No one one cares about me. Okay. That's great. That's fantastic. Hmm. That's weird. <laughs> it's a weird clip. You should go find it. Like, it's strange. Yeah. How how long? That's why I think I had like. I like how he said no one cares about me, like all snidely too. Like he just thinks Sonic is the dumbest, most irrelevant thing in the world. Well, to be fair, he may be tapped into the gaming community. <laughs> given that opinion. Anyways. It was a tie! Dim legs! <laughs> dim, dim legs that's how we want to end the show just shouting dim legs dim legs we'll see you next week dim legs for an all new podcast dim legs it's gonna be game of the year dim legs hmm. no one wants to join up. you guys have left me alone in all of my um, rants today thank you mm-hmm. I joined you for No Man's Sky and Sea of Thieves you shut you your hole. You shut yeah. your blowhole, sir. All right. We'll be shutting the blowhole now, and I'll be reopening it next week for several hours on our Game of the Year show. So don't miss that as we fight for many and many hours, and we wax and wane. This is what it's all about. This whole year's foreplay, we are finally going to give you the money shot for hours and hours and hours. Woo! Woo! Give me a Ric Flair, fish. <sighs> Damn legs! <laughs> that was Rick Flair having an orgasm. <laughs> All right, it's been fun. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the show. We love you, and until next week, peace out. <laughs>